Faster than the speed of sound At an early age you wanted to get out To pursue adventures all around Things got tough sometimes But it's all good cause Tales is his best friend He's always there for him His head's a kick Bad again, times over and over again What to see is what to get Just a guide around adventures It's on the good time Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the IDW Sonic Rundown. If you've been here with us from the beginning, you've known that we have done a Herculean effort in going through the previous Sonic the Hedgehog comics, but the show must go on. The show does not end because when Archie was abruptly canceled in 2017, it was announced pretty early on, immediately after almost, that Sonic the Hedgehog in comics will continue. And it will continue through IDW Comics, the biggest licensed comic publisher in the industry. So it was a very good fit for Sonic the Hedgehog and IDW at the end of the day. Yes. Hello, this is Aaron, and this is Alberto, or Speed. We are here and back to talk about Sonic, uh, Sonic comics, because, you know, we, we, we can't get enough of it. Um, so IDW began in 2018, but before that, we have to talk about something else for a bit. We have to talk about Sonic Forces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just because we live in the post-Frontiers era doesn't mean we get to escape the past. Yeah. Um, you know, be before we really get into the comic, I think we should clarify a couple things about the direction that we want to go with, with this podcast, uh, as opposed to Archie. We're not going to be trying to compare things to Archie too much, if at all. Um, this is its own work. It should be judged on its own merit. However, there are going to be moments where we do have to make some comparisons and we will be having some discussions. Being free of a lot of the long-term history and weight that Archie carries with it means a lot of different things. Some of those are very positive. Others are more indicative of the era in which these comics were released in. Mm -hmm. um, especially now living in a post-Frontiers world, as I feel like we've kind of started to coin as a term, especially when it comes to character writing. There's a lot to discuss there, and particularly how we feel about interpretations of characters, plot lines, themes, and story. That yes, some of them can be attributed to similarities from Archie, but not all of them. The thing about that is, is that, as we mentioned before, almost all of the Archie creative staff came over to IDW. Ian Flynn is the writer, the center writer, along with Evan Stanley, and artists like Tracy Yardley, Matt Herms, John Gray etc etc are all back yes almost the whole creative crew moved over but this is an, a very different comic in a lot of ways and i think that's very central to to, to understanding like our, our feelings on it right it's just like archie there's a lot of ups there's some downs but i feel like the biggest thing i i, I want to talk about with idw is consistency this is a very consistent comic and we're gonna get to see that maybe a little bit a little bit later on, because the, the the first arc is is some it's something it's oh, something yeah. it's no. something all right it's something it's something all right. So yeah, uh, here we are. We're we're basically ready to go. Format remains the same as Archie. We'll be breaking down the comics as we usually do, and yeah, we we just get the ball rolling. But before we start properly with IDW, I I think we can just kind of start it off here with this fact. Ian Flynn recently 
not revealed, but more so like gave it up that now Sega considers IDW Sonic to be canon to the games. So because of that, I feel like it's most appropriate that we also look at the Sonic Forces prequel comics that were made pre-release to the game to sort of build up hype to it, if you will. So welcome to our little segue session where we talk about Sonic Forces. The video game. It is sure a video game. Yeah, you remember that was released <laughs> in 2017 for all platforms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure was a video game. Um, it was the most mid of the mid Sonic games, wasn't it? It wasn't bad. My opinion on Forces, having played it like two months ago, was basically the same as release. Man, I get what they were going for, but. This just, this just, this just isn't it. Like, there's, there's, there's good ideas, and this is a cool concept, but you do nothing with it. The, the characters don't feel interesting. It feels like there's so much, there's so much nothing. It's, it's really, 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 really lame. I remember when it was first revealed and people thought it was going to be Generations 2, because classic Sonic showing up. How wrong we were. Man. How, how, uh, do you do you like Green Hill? Chemical plant? Do you do you do you do you like do you like quip dialogue in all levels at all times? I, I don't I don't I don't I don't it, it's just a nothing game and the story is really not that interesting. Um brief summary is Eggman uh creates the Phantom Ruby. The Phantom Ruby is a very, very powerful device and he uses it to cause worldwide havoc and bring back phantoms of Sonic's previous villains. Chaos, who doesn't get a boss fight. Shadow, who doesn't get a boss fight. Metal Sonic, who gets a boss fight, and Zavik, everyone's favorite. <laughs> I will say this. Shout out to the mod community for Sonic Forces, because, man, I don't know how you guys managed to manipulate the game the way you did, because there's some interesting shit in the modding community. Like, uh, shout out in particular to the Classic Sonic Improvement mod, which actually gives a chaos boss fight to Classic Sonic pretty cool and also uh sonic forces reimagined which gives a shadow boss fight at the end of uh, sunset city the sonic forces reimagined mod in particular is extremely interesting uh for what it's doing to the game and how it's basically just expanding and extending levels and making them feel like fully featured levels which my biggest issue with forces is really just the levels are just not long enough like the gameplay is fine it's just the levels are nothing. They, they reach a point. It's like, oh, this is where the level's just going to start to pick up, right? And then it ends. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how to feel about it. Um, it's it's a video game uh, for sure. All I, all I can say is that I'm very happy we can look past it now. Yeah, it's definitely psych. But fortunately, unfortunately, Sonic Forces is integral to this comic because the story of Forces is locked in as a part of this world. So we need to cover the prequel comics. Uh, so we are starting with Sonic Forces Moment of Truth. Written by Ian Flynn. Yes, this is the the first time Ian officially got to work hand in hand with Sega were these comics. Written by Ian Flynn and art by Adam Bryce Thomas. We see a local militia fighter. He's on lookout duty, how he wants to fight like the, the famous heroes like Sonic, Tails, and Amy, but 
Kind of thinks of himself he's just a coward. He's far from the fight. But he did say that the Chaotix arrived a few days ago to help organize their defenses, and they're far braver than he ever could be. And even Charmy, I mean, he's just a kid. And then Eggman's ship starts to come in, and he rings the alarm, leading the Chaotix to lead the militia to fight. Vector tells him to come down to help, and he's willing to do it, but the pillar he tries to lift to shore up the defenses is too heavy, leading Vector to take it. And he chastises the guy, you know, if you can't do something, say so. But then Espio gives him a fire wisp on to lead the second division, but he accidentally fires it and burns Charmy, once again, thinking of himself as a failure. And then Eggman's badniks start to breach the city, the Chaotix lead the counterattack, and Militia Guy is taking cover behind a crate as Vector yells that someone needs to go fire the cannon, the badniks haven't gotten to it yet to take out the ship. So, he gets a little bit of courage to do it himself, He's a little nervous too, but he gets up, takes some heavy artillery, loads into the cannon, and fires directly onto the ship's launch bay. And even Eggman, who's flying the ship, is a little surprised with that show of resistance and retreats. And Guy is a little over-exhilarating knowing that he got to shoot at Eggman and lived. The Chaotix even give him props for that. You got a one in a million shot. Charm even forgives him for burning his butt earlier, and they go off to lead the stragglers to safety. And Militia Guy just talks about, for today, he got to save the day. He knew he could have done more, so much more, but one day... He'll be a fighter and a real hero one day. So that's the end of this little part of the comic. So one thing we didn't talk about with Forces was that you got to make your own basically OC character to play alongside yeah. with Sonic and Classic Sonic, which is probably the best part of that game, honestly. Yeah, the, the Avatar stages are, are not bad. Um, some of them have uh, really incredible music tracks. Uh, I've said it for a long time, but Aqua Road is... I, I do not think very highly of Force's soundtrack outside of a, a couple of songs, but I am a massive, massive enjoyer of Aqua Road um, or Moonlit Battlefield. Uh, that, that song is incredible. But yeah, the, the Avatar stages are kind of cool. They, they try and do a unique mechanic with it with the wisp bonds which are like wisp guns that all have unique abilities it's it's interesting but mm. it, it's a more promising idea that could have been better expanded on in a different project yes exactly that, that's how i feel about it mostly um so let's go into the second comic which is sonic forces stress test bryce thomas and flynn uh working together again we open as knuckles the echidna is uh vibing on the master emerald platform when he is uh, contacted by Silver. Silver says he came back with a dire warning, but Knuckles is like, oh, this is just a dream. Okay, sure. If it's just a dream, explain this, Knuckles points behind himself, and they see the old Knuckles tribe village of Pacha Comics from back in the day. Way back in the day. So Knuckles thinks Silver pushed them back into the far past, but Silver says, no, I came back to your present, and I came to warn you guys about, oh, hey, something's behind you. And we turn around, Knuckles sees that Chaos is on top of the Master Emerald. Knuckles is like, ah, don't worry, he's friendly, just uh, don't worry about it. But then Chaos is aggressive and punches Knuckles and says, oh, right, I forgot about his temper. So Knuckles flies in, goes to exchange some blows, but Silver taps in to hold Chaos down, but immediately he liquefies and slices at Silver's jaw. Knuckles has never seen Chaos do that before, and asks Silver hold him down to give me a clear shot at his brain. And just before Knuckles connects his fist, Chaos vanishes, as does the rest of the Knuckles clan village. So he has no idea what the hell just happened. Silver thinks that he's connected to the calamity that he came to warn about. And around that this time, something happened to the world, but historical records are either scarce or don't make sense and to hopefully we'll come back to see what happens to the future. Knuckles figures that since he's on Angel Island all the time, I wouldn't have known about it until it was too late, so I must be crucial to saving the world, so I'll be very involved, and will lead whatever resistance against it. Silver 
Doesn't necessarily know if that's necessary, but okay. The two then fly off the Master Emerald Altar to the surface as far above Eggman in his Eggmobile, calling the first test of the Phantom Ruby a rousing success. With this much power, I won't even need to bother with the Master Emerald. Okay, so it's kind of crazy how I I had never read these before until like literally right now. The joke that fucking, oh wow, like there's actual background and, and setup. Like, where was this in the fucking game? It's very interesting, isn't it, huh? Yeah, it's almost like uh, Sega did not want there to be a story in the game. Ah, yes. Okay, so it is time to talk about <laughs> why they do my boy dirty like this. Okay, so we'll call back to the previous podcast very briefly. The dekinification of Shadow is in full effect, folks, and uh, I'm sorry, but you have to you have to witness it. <sighs> So this next comic, Sonic Forces Looming Shadow, again, Flynn and Thomas are the creative team. Well, we open on a desert base where Omega's opening fire on some badniks and Rouge is chastising him as this is supposed to be, you know, a stealth mission, but his destruction lust cannot be contained. So Rouge, Rouge is basically acting as his commander. His conflict just tell them, can you please at least just not cause any problems? But he blasts the door down and sets off an alarm. Also important to notice, I want you to see this, Aaron, on Rouge's wall... There's a little teeny corkboard with various pictures, two of which are of Sally and Bunny. <laughs> oh my god! They snuck that in there! They said, fuck it, we ball! Yeah, for the record, this was made between the time that Archie was confirmed to be cancelled and IDW was still set to come out, for the record. Yes, so, uh, you know. So Adam Bryce Thomas just... Thank you for your service, Adam. Goat, goat status. Eggman sees in the camera system Omega's blasting through the base and calls for Infinite to be front and center. Go test your new powers. Omega comes in saying that the extermination mission is going well, but Rouge says, no, this is a recon mission. Don't make a scene. But then Infinite finds Omega. And he does not know who he is, but sees as the way to getting to Eggman and will fight. Infinite calls Omega spirited, testing out his abilities, warps reality, and Omega looks as if he's being shredded. And outside, Shadow looks onto the base. Omega's location is unknown, and data has been lost. Rouge then loses his signal and calls Shadow to go get Omega to his last known location and support him. Shadow hops down. He's already on it, on the run there, as he smirks, saying, so much for recon. <sighs> All right. All right. Okay, so now it is time for something that actually should have been in the game. The final comic, Sonic Forces Rise of Infinite. So, inside Dr. Eggman's newest lab, he is struggling to find a new robot design when he locates an energy source that has dropped outside of his lab, which is, of course, the Phantom Ruby. Now, in Sonic Mania, Dr. Eggman of the... Is it past or different dimension in Forces' wording? It's different it's, dimension, right? It, yeah, Forces words it as different dimension, but now it's been retconned to be the past properly. So I think we can say the past. Yes. So at the end of Mania, after Dr. Eggman had been using the Phantom Ruby to essentially warp time and space and bring Sonic through various levels and recreations of his past and using it to cause havoc, classic supersonic fights Eggman and uh, the Egg King? I think it's the, the name. The Heavy King. I know there's yeah, a heavy different king, name heavy for the king. super form, but... Yeah, yeah, the Heavy King, after doing so, is thrown into a time vortex, uh, thanks to all of the madness going on, sending Classic Sonic to Modern Sonic's time, and sending the Phantom Ruby 
forward in time as well. Eggman now finds it here at the foot of his doorstep. Picking it up, it shows him a vision of Unleash's Eggman land. He drops it and, uh, you know, it all just kind of fades away. And he's like, oh, bring it back. (laughs) He was able to tell that the vision was clear, but he knows that the illusion came from this gem. So now it's time to do a little bit of research. So inside, some time has passed. Eggman can't determine anything about the gem. Results are too sporadic for this this thing. So Orban and Cubot then decide to go back and forth to call it a name. Cubot leads with calling it, ooh, Spooky Sapphire. It's not blue. Anarchy Barrel. Too derivative. Ayo? <laughs> uh, Precious Stone? Wrong game. So that's the that's the Sonic Shuffle shoutout. I will say this. Someone asked Ian on the Bumblecast whether that was an intentional reference, and uh, he said that he forgot he used that name before. To which I have to, <laughs> I have to say to Ian, I'm sure you did. Yeah, sure he did. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> yep, sh- yep. I'm yep, sure you did. Yep. But uh, uh, an alarm blares. An alarm blares and Eggman is being attacked by a mercenary team called Jackal Squad. Their leader calling to secure Eggman tech. It'll fetch a hefty bounty. Eggman is obviously angered that they dare attack him, whereas he could have built his robot army up instead of studying this rock. But then the Phantom Ruby shimmers and a bunch of squad bots for Eggman to command appear and Eggman orders them to go. The Jackal Squad leader slices through the robots with his sword, closing in on Eggman. He jumps up as Eggman shields himself with the Phantom Ruby, and when the sword touches the gem, it projects a chaotic inner world, which makes Eggman very intrigued with this guy, and offers to hire him to lead his forces. Another squad member who's been down says, please don't take up on his offer, we'll be fine. But he's actually personally interested. Said before, I was just going through the motions. And I've grown tired of this world as it is. Let's do it, Doctor. I'll help you change this world. So if it's not obvious, this is infinite. This is his backstory. And this is the only time we ever actually see his face fully revealed. Apparently, if I remember correctly, there is an unused model from episode Shadow, which does show infinite's face. But I'm, I don't remember correctly. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, including the very infamous, I'm not weak. <laughs> Okay, well, so now that we've covered the prequel comics, brief, brief, brief story overview, kind of of what happens from each uh, core point. Shadow uh, engages Infinite in the desert and is then warped using the Phantom Ruby uh, into cyberspace and is getting fucked with the whole time. Meanwhile, while that's going on, uh, Eggman bolsters uh, his forces with Infinite, uh, goes to the city, and attempts to fight Sonic again. Sonic gets curb stomped by all of his old foes. Tails hides like a bitch. The worst character moment Tails has ever had. Eggman takes over the world. The Resistance works together along with the rookie, uh, the Avatar character, to free Sonic. Uh, and in doing so, uh, several events occur, including a raid on Metropolis, uh, which fails horribly. Classic Sonic gets thrown into the mix. Infinite shows up a couple times. Basically, everyone teams up. They win. At the end of it all... Eggman disappears. And also, Infinite is seemingly killed. Yes. Because the Phantom Ruby is overpowering and I guess like shreds his body apart. So that's all the important takeaways. Yes, and it and it and it destructs. So we have now given proper context for what will occur moving forward. So it's time. We are here, folks, with IDW, Sonic the Hedgehog number one, with our creative team, the Dream Team is back. Ian Flynn writing. Tracy Yardley on the art. Now, before we begin properly, I have to say, when this issue dropped, when Sonic number one first dropped, IDW reported it was their best-selling issue one ever. 
the entire history of their company. Sonic fans and their devotion knows no bounds. And indeed, IDW also, when the issue was first sold, it sold out on their website almost instantly. So much so that they did a second printing. That sold out almost instantly. They did a third printing. That sold out nearly instantly. It it sold bangers. This issue sold bangers. Of course it did. It's, it's, it's Sonic, you know? Sonic always sells. It's great. On top of that, they also recently revealed this one issue sold a million copies across physical and digital platforms. That's pretty insane. Let us begin. <clears throat> Sonic the Hedgehog has spent years fighting the forces of Dr. Eggman. Time and time again, the Mad Doctor attacks. Sonic strikes back, then relaxes until Eggman returns. But after their last battle, Dr. Eggman vanished, but his robot army did not. Four panels here showing the Egg Viper fight in SA1, the fight against the Egg Emperor in uh, Sonic Heroes, the Egg Dragoon, and is it the Death Egg Robot Mark III? I guess? I mean, I just called it a modified Death Egg Robot, but hey. I do want to point out in these panels that Sonic is seen standing alone against the Egg Emperor and the modified Death Egg Robot, which I don't know what that was about, but... Okay. Okay, alright, sure. So we open proper. Sonic is running to a town. Pretty surprised that it's being attacked by a bunch of robots, but happy that the locals are putting up a fight, hoping that they don't mind him lending a hand as he races towards the battered town. So, yeah, um, seems like after forces, the robot forces of Dr. Eggman are still active, but Eggman's just nowhere to be seen. What's up with that? What is up with that? It's very, very strange. So, inside the town, uh, one of the local militia members is trying to fight off an egg pond with their cube wisp on but it's knocked out of his hands leaving sonic to come in and crush it so gets him back up gives him back his whip spawn and says hey i knew a guy once who put these things to pretty good use go get inside sonic runs to get more of the militia telling them to get the stragglers outside and to go get them some more guys are trying to open the doors to the bunkers but get nearly ambushed by motobugs which sonic boosts through destroying them gives the two a wink and finger guns runs off leaving them a a little starstruck which you know who can blame him right <laughs> oh god after this uh sonic is stopped dead in his tracks by uh, a hammer enemy keep in mind that all the enemy designs are from sonic heroes this is important as uh sonic quips uh hey another hammer guy i like the earlier one better bouncing off the walls and about to try and give him a uh, homing attack but hits the hilt of the hammer sonic quips some more before three other hammer enemies show up and attempt to smash him to pieces for sonic <laughs> uses the great underground to uh, go into the sewer and then pops out of another grate and says hedgehog noun a burrowing animal <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good quip and they almost catch him the hammer pawns do until sonic is swooped up by tails and picking him up and bring him to a rooftop so it's been a while since these two's last seen each other they're reconnecting and they give a status update sonic says the local militia can handle the singular badniks but these super badniks are another story tails says it's they're better left to the professionals leaving Sonic and Tails bro up, do a combo spin dash, and they tear through the Badnik's armor, and one by one are taking out all the super Badniks. They're keeping a good pace, though. Sonic thinks it would go a little easier if they had Knuckles with them, but Tails sees that the last Badniks are trying to make a run for it. Sonic goes out to go after the super Badnik and leaves Tails to get the rest. Sonic's knocked down, he scraps it, and Tails does some quick thinking, close off the town's gate, blocks the Badniks in, and leaving them to crash into the gate destroying themselves all right another job well done for sonic the hedgehog more rogue robots taken out and tails says yeah normally i'd agree but 
This seems like a much more coordinated attack this time. Sonic doesn't think so, but the Egg Hammer enemies were new at least. Tails figures that, you know, we defeated Eggman. We broke his empire's control over the world, and the Badnik army did remain. But any attacks were more accidental. Nothing seems coordinated. Until now? Unified troop movements, super bandits, ambushes, something is making Eggman's army more cohesive. Sonic takes this to mean maybe Eggman's back. But Tails thinks if he were, there would be some kind of angry vlog or something. The lack of fanfare is kinda spooky. Sonic then takes the call to think, well, if more badniks are out there, people are gonna need help. And just as he's about to go off, Tails actually kind of hesitates and kind of admits to Sonic, you know, I don't want you to get, you know, caught off guard again. But Sonic assures him, hey man, we've gone out of a lot of tough spots before and we come out fine in the end. I'll be careful. I promise. So this is a very important scene because I think this is supposed to address some of the criticisms that came post-Forces about Tails' character. So to give him, like, I don't want it to go so far as to give him, like, PTSD over the incident. Because I feel like that's what Forces was going for but didn't commit to. I will say, I remember this. The scene where Silver said that Tails has lost it because they didn't know where he was was very weird, but in the original Japanese script, they said that he just went missing, so it was a genuine just mistranslation. Yeah, there are a lot of mistranslations in, in Forces' script. There's a lot of discussion regarding it and how it was interpreted. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I get what they're going for here. This is clearly supposed to address the sort of big issues that people had with Tails' character in Forces' uh, Frontiers. Uh, you know, now that it's out, we can actually fucking talk about it and does this as well. Um, But I think here it's 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 handled uh, in a different way or different enough that it's like, you know, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of where this is gonna go. Yeah. So Sonic also tells Tails, if you're really that concerned, come with me. Just like old times, right? And Tails is about to take him up on his offer, but he looks behind. This town's a wreck and thinks his skills will be better put with helping them rebuild. So Sonic says, buddy, you're a class act. We'll smash bots together another time. And he runs out as a badnik drone is spying above him as he's running. And there's someone sitting in a chair in an Eggman base to tell him to send a deployment to the next town over. Make sure Sonic's success reaches word to the resistance. I want to crush both hedgehogs in one strike, with Amy as the next target. So that's our issue number one. Already, this is interesting. We have a very interesting start. We are basically immediately post-forces. Sonic and the gang are cleaning up afterwards, and a lot of damage was left behind. I'm intrigued immediately because of... This is clearly meant to be a comeback issue, supposed to be a mood setter. You know, I guess they kind of wanted to make that clear with the quips and sort of the joking that Sonic is that is kind of into. But, you know, you can tell that, like, you know, he's still Mr. Hero Man, and he's having a good time while doing it. And, um, yeah, I think it's interesting that we're kind of starting with, with a tail-centric issue. I mean, it's just, it's just a, a, except, but, you know, there is something to be said that, um, it seems like, and this is, this is a little observation, is IDW going to mostly consist of how Sonic and his relationship to people around him and who he is as a character, it affects him? Yeah, that's kind of the long-standing theme of IDW, even to this day with the most recent issue. That's how it plays out. And it's very interesting, especially as we uh, will see relatively soon, believe me. Smile. So yeah, so a very strong first issue, gotta say, especially coming off forces, especially everything considering. And of course, Art was great. Tracy Yardley has not lost his touch, neither has Ian Flynn during the break. So very, very excited to see how this is going to move forward. We will move on to Sonic issue number two. Flynn writing 
and Adam Bryce Thomas doing the art. We open on Sonic fighting a giant crab badnik not letting it touch the town, and with some spins and rapid homing attacks, it's downed to the applause of the local townspeople nearby, but uh, it's not fully destroyed, and one guy calls Sonic's attention to it, but in swoops down Amy, smashing it down with her hammer. She tells Sonic, I heard about what you did with Tails, a town nearby, so I came to catch up with you. Sonic is, um, not too enthralled that she's here, and he tries to run off, but Amy's like, no, 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 wait, I need to tell you something. Look, Sonic, um, can you come back to the Resistance? We didn't really account how large the Eggman Empire was. Their forces are still littered everywhere. Without Eggman leading them, the robots are just attacking anywhere they see. She wants the Resistance to work from a more organized central location so we can be more effective. But Sonic says, eh, I'm good. Nah, he, he did a said, that's crazy. <laughs> that's how I text, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> he explains that Eggman hasn't shown up to claim responsibility. Subtlety is not his forte. Tails pointed out something that's been bugging me, that the last group of badniks they faced were way more organized. And now you just happen to hear about where I am right in time for another super badnik attack to where we're both likely to be. Amy's a, Amy's a bit surprised by this, right? Sonic thinks that he should keep moving to investigate all this, Amy thinking he'll just wander aimlessly between settlements. But I think it's a win, because I'll stop more badniks like that. To then, a girl girl comes up to Sonic and Amy says, hey, there's a Badnik invasion coming from the West. Sonic then says, okay, I'll go ahead, thin their ranks. Amy, you go with the girl to City Hall and they break, which the City Hall was turned into a bunker during the war, she says. And actually, I want to point something out about this character in particular. This is actually an OC of Adam Bryce Thomas. Her name is Lanolin, and she's very well designed, honestly. Lanolin is a very popular character and has actually started to gain traction in the fandom uh, to becoming a more centralized character in the comics. Yeah, whenever Adam Bryce Thomas does art for an issue, look out for her. He tends to put her in the back a lot she's she she's she's pretty cute as a design I, I like her as sonic goes off to fight badniks amy directs people into their bunker getting unarmed people inside then armed people to her i also pointed out in my notes that there's a character designed a lot like the base avatar from forces i guess i thought that was interesting enough to point out anyway too many slip by sonic but amy's team is ready she directs search and rescue teams for the unaccounted people and when badniks climb onto the roof amy calls the firing shot the first wave of badniks are obliterated sonic quips to amy that hey i thought knuckles was the commander of the resistance here and says oh yeah he commanded but who do you think actually kept things organized thing is too many badniks coming in but the people are well fortified enough that they'll lose by sheer numbers eventually so it's best to go to the source leaving sonic to grab amy's hand boost with her using her hammer to knock away any oncoming badniks tosses her up destroys airborne badniks and catching her as she comes down it's i listen all right th so so this is something that i think needs to be talked about when we talk about idw page space paneling and art archie had moments where this all came together idw it's a non-stop fucking extravaganza the art in these issues is absolutely spectacular and this is like one example of it Oh yeah. There's so much, there is so much more creativity with what's going on in panels and fight scenes. You can really feel the experience at work with people like Adam Bryce Thomas. Like, there's so much care put forward. I especially love how Ian wrote Sonic and Amy to just basically be like uh, two sides of the same coin at this point. Their relationship has developed so much over the years that they've known each other that they basically just work perfectly together. It's great. It is, it is genuinely nice too that like, and, you know, this is something that I, I, 
It's so funny to be able to say this constantly, but this is something that Frontiers is really, really, really big about. It shows that Sonic and Amy are comfortable around each other, and it's really progressed past the, uh, oh, I don't want to deal with the annoying, like, 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 doting, like, fan, like, no, a Amy is not that. Amy's not doting fangirl. Well, she, she still is a little, but, you know, hey, that's part of her character, right? And that's okay. Yeah, there's a little scene further on where, like, oh, well, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll get to that. But yeah, it, it's great. I think Amy, especially in the years past, has gotten the most character like next to Shadow and Knuckles. So it's it's been a it's been a really good glow up for her. And as somebody who's always appreciated Amy, I'm really glad that like she specifically has gotten so much more development and time put into her. So in the cooldown, Amy can tell Sonic, you are really having a good time. And you know, you can have a lot more fun like this with us in the resistance. But he's like, nah. No. He like, he like, that's crazy. <laughs> so Sonic says, okay, look, I know what I need to do. I know it works best for me. But Amy says, well, what about what works best for the rest of us? Sonic is like, yeah, it's a thing like, you know, I do your thing. You, I do mine. You know, what did you do it for me? Can't play favorites. Do it for your friends. Okay, got you. Do it for a chili dog. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> and uh, by the way, during the exchange, they're basically protecting each other's backs, fighting Badniks. It's a it's a cute little scene. So Sonic boosts out, sees the dropship of Badniks, nowhere close to being exhausted. They can't take it out conventionally, but maybe a croquet bomber would do it. And as Amy says, ooh, from a distance, you're such a daredevil. Sonic spin dashes in place. Amy knocks him into the air with her hammer, and he burrows right into the dropper, causing a massive explosion because he went right through the power cell. He's a little cooked, but he's fine. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Amy says, oh, that's it for the invasion. I guess you'll be going then. Yep. In a very heroic and cool panel, Sonic says, it's what I do. Just keep moving, doing good, saving folks, and living as free as the wind. Living by my way, my own way. We, we're, we, I, I hope you guys are ready for a lot more of that. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some, we'll have some more discussion around, uh, stuff like this, uh, the later the comic goes on. Um, but, uh, this gives Amy, uh, the butterflies as she flushes red and completely in love with Sonic. Which, uh, hey, but can you she, blame her? Can you blame I her? Know. Can you blame her? Right. Uh, she, but she says, you're right. It's just who you are. And it's all the reasons I love you. I can't change you. I don't want to change you. That's cute. Cute wording. Cute, cute, cute. But Sonic says, hey, look, if you really want to so badly, come with me. But she says, well, I'm needed here and, you know, need to get the resistance in order and all that. But tells him, go south. There's a town where Knuckles is. Haven't heard from him in a while. Might need your help. Aye, aye, Captain Commander Rose, ma'am. Don't make me slap you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we pan out to a screen another failure i did not account for for how much amy rose has grown and now sonic is deviating from my projected path how frustrating as orbot and cubot make their first appearance orbot saying on the bright side boss here's what he's charging headlong towards ah perhaps they will finish him for me showing two new characters uh as the issue ends so yeah that's issue two honestly Really fucking good. Again, it's just more character development. We are seeing the Sonic characters continuing to be themselves. And more importantly, we're seeing how Sonic is interacting with his friends. 
wow, what a concept, right? Yeah, I know. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? I especially love how, like, Sonic offered Amy to tag along with him. Like, in the past, way past when Amy was just, like, the little fangirl. Sonic would not have done that. But now she's grown. She's been a bit more capable. She's handled herself. Sonic's like, yeah, she she's worth being with me. <laughs> Which may be a little <laughs> conceited to say it like that, but it's Sonic we're talking about here. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just, I'm glad that their relationship has progressed behind. I don't want anything to do with you, too. You know, yeah, you're 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 fun to be around and I, I enjoy you as a as a person. So that's good. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's going pretty interesting so far. Uh so let's move on to Sonic the Hedgehog issue three cover done by Tyson Hess it's very cute yeah these first four issues uh were done by Tyson Hess as a sort of connecting cover kind of thing yes it's wonderful uh written by Ian art by Jennifer Hernandez who does return from Archie welcome to the party we open Sonic arriving to the town Knuckles is at and he's hogging all the fun as Knuckles is just going to town on a death egg robot Sonic calls out for him tells him Amy got him here and Knuckles, hey, you're a little far from HQ, Commander. <laughs> <laughs> Knuckles says, look, things were a little simpler during the war, but now we're focusing on rebuilding. It's all paperwork and inventory. I don't care about that. I want to go back to Angel Island and go for a good old-fashioned treasure hunt, man. Well, Sonic says how Amy tried to enlist me into the Resistance full-time, and Knuckles like, man, <laughs> you... Should have known better. And also, since we're here, this town we're at was a hub for Wisp on deployments. Shipments dried up, so I came here to investigate. Knuckles then shouts at the gates, I'm the resistance commander, open up. But the guard says, we're not supposed to open the gates to anyone. By who? Uh, I, I can't say. So then Sonic and Knuckles look at each other for a second and are just like, hmm. Sonic jumps off of the badnik while Knuckles jumps off the badnik and starts climbing the wall, of course. The two then dropping on the other side. The boys are back. That's all I have to they say. Are in, they, they are indeed back. Sonic catches a guy climbing into his window saying, you really should not have done that. There's some guys here who took all our wispons and basically control the town now. Sonic's like, well, look, Knuckles, my man over here, he just sold a super badnik. We can handle ourselves. What's the problem? Well... Some mercs showed up to the town just before the war. They helped save the town from Eggman's attacks, and they would stay to fortify their defenses, but they ended up taking us hostage. Everyone's basically left prisoner here since Badnik still roam outside. So Sonic and Knuckles then take their Karen-type beat and says, we're going to go to management about this then, <laughs> and are directed to the town's supply depot. It's been turned into a fortress. They sneak in through a window, and inside the room they're in, they see a bunch of wisps being kept in storage ponds. And Knuckles explains that before Tails went, you know solo he gave the resistance the cipher for the wisp language and asked them to help fight eggman and they willingly did so even choosing to wait in deployment pods to be grabbed by troops before they got into an area man look at this explanation this would be lovely if it was in the video <laughs> yeah yeah sure wouldn't have been right i'm sorry I, I i just i feel like i gotta say it it's it's <sighs> i mean good for ian for deciding to add the depth that the game did not he did not have to do that for the record it's all yeah. a freebie well, these guys, though, these wisps are being hoarded. This is inexcusable. So Sonic tells them just stay here, wait it out, as they hear laughing coming from another room. Sonic and Knuckles peer out the corner and see that these guys in question are being waited on hand and foot, one of them dunking their drinks on someone serving them. Sonic's like, man, these guys make the hooligans look like class acts. Fun little shout out to the to our boys. May they rest in peace. Please return. Please, I need I need more bean content. Please. Please, I need I need more bean. <laughs> Please. Knuckles is ready to snap these guys in half, and Sonic's like, hey, hey, yo, calm down. Let's get at least the villagers out of the room before we go in. So, as they wait and they leave, Sonic and Knuckles 
decide to introduce themselves to these guys. And you are all under arrest guilt for the theft, kidnapping, extortion, and also just being dicks in general. So either you come in quietly or we're going to get loud. They're, they're a little peeved at these guys coming into their town making a mess of things. And then they decide to introduce themselves in a bit of a freestyle segment. You look in the scrap? Get ready to crumble. Brace, Brace yourselves yourself. for rough and tumble. Rough and tumble. Wow. Wow. The, uh, <laughs> Sonic, Sonic is holding back the laugh. Right? And he's like, oh no, I was not prepared for this. Oh no, no, no. no. And, but Knuckles is like, oh man, nah, be on your card, Sonic. These guys are clearly highly coordinated. And Sonic's just like, yeah, yeah, they sure are Knuckles, aren't they? You're, you're, you're the salt of the earth, Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Sonic and Knuckles then go in for the fight. Their classic hits on them. Tumble catches Sonic on his spin dash, throws him into a wall, but Sonic bounces off and rebounds right off his face. A uh, rough is in a fight with Knuckles and hits him with a stink bomber, which they're both skunks. So yeah. And he douses Knuckles with biochemical warfare, but Knuckles, he, our man fights through it and punches him right into the floor. So as Sonic and Knuckles collect themselves from the smell, Rough and Tumble get their Wispons ready to fight back, and Knuckles tells Sonic, you grab a Wispon too, but says, no, 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 I got a better idea. <clears throat> he shouts to all the Wisps, I'm Sonic, I was the one that helped you when Eggman kidnapped you guys way back when. A bunch of you decided to stay behind. You guys helped me on the Lost Hex and during the fight against the Empire. I know fighting's not your thing, but you're proven to be powerful and brave. Don't let these jerks boss you around. They need you to bully everyone around them, but you don't need them. And with that, the Wisps leave the Wispons, as all of the pissed off Wisps appear. Sonic and Knuckles bump fists as Rough and Tumble are now panicking. Then, Sonic and Knuckles decide to say, The tables have turned. They've clearly bumbled. It's, it's butt-kicking butt time. time for Rough and Tumble. For Rough and Tumble. No, 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 that's our thing! You can't do our thing! <laughs> <laughs> owned, owned, owned. Fucking destroyed, man. Sonic and Knuckles, along with the Wisps, completely trounced them. So then, after they're done... The guy who talked to Sonic and Knuckles comes in to thank them, and a Drill Wisp says something in its language to them. No idea what, though. We don't have Tails' as translator Hanley, but it goes into the guy's Wisp on, so... Sonic thinks it means that they're going to stay and help you fight. The town tells Rough and Tumble they're going to be locked up and away for a long, long time. As the two swear to Sonic that he's made lifelong enemies of them, Sonic doesn't take the threat super seriously, unlike Knuckles. <laughs> PTSD from getting biochemical warfare to TBH. Now in the calm, Sonic says, man, you know, I want to go get a break, but I still got to find out who's controlling the bad nicks. But before that, I want to party with these town folks. So let's celebrate. Let's have a nice day. Celebrate your freedom. Meanwhile, at the egg base. So Knuckles is still playing hero on the surface. That means Angel Island is unguarded. The Master Emerald is prone. That will accelerate my plans considerably as we end Sonic the Hedgehog issue number three. Let, let's get the ball rolling because I think issue four is the, the most interesting, all things considered. Oh, is it? Is it? Is it the issue I think it is? Uh, could be. Well, but by the way, great issue. I, I I love I love Sonic Knuckles content, and I like how they're uh, they're they're being they're being motherfuckers to each other as always. So issue four, IDW Sonic, Ian Flynn, and Evan Stanley working together as per usual. Stanley would go to take over mostly the comics direction after a certain point uh, when Ian Flynn uh, sort of makes his exit for you know 
for reasons. For reasons, as we we all know. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll, I'll point out the moment when we get there. Don't you worry, folks. So let's start. As Sonic runs towards a town under siege, saying that, you know, well, whoever's organizing Eggman's robots is really stepping up their game. I hope I'm not too late. The townspeople are able to fight on their own, but the resistance is not yet here. But just as he turns a corner of the town, he sees someone fighting the bandits and holding their own. Though this girl, a lemur, using her tail to stretch around and take out several bandits and smushes them all at once. So her tail's a little burnt, but Sonic saves her from an ambush and the two are back to back. And she says, oh, it's you, Sonic. I have to point this out when, uh, when, when, when this character's tail is burned. She's like, woo, and ow, woo, and ow. <laughs> <laughs> so she introduces herself to Sonic. The name's Tangle. Sonic introduces himself saying, oh yeah, you've always wanted to meet you. And shakes his hand with her tail. So Tangle is the first original character introduced from IDW Sonic. And um, just going to put it out there. This is a great character. Love her to death. Yes. Her accompaniment. Is that how you say it? Accompaniment? Let's let's yeah. say that she has her own team trio akin to Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles. Yes. Um. Her her accompaniment is... I, I love the characters that she gets paired up with. Uh, one in particular is... Uh, it reminds me of the Archie, like, like deep lore, like with how good the writing gets at times, you know, and, uh, it's, it's got that, it's got that like post penders, like pre reboot energy in it. It's, it's sick. We'll get to it though. We'll get to it. Either way, as they fight, Tangle tells Sonic that she's been holding off the odd raid here and there, but this is the biggest one yet. She pulls on her tail, letting Sonic chain homing attack the Badniks and says that the Badniks have been organizing. I've been looking into it. Sonic has and then sees another giant motobug, it starts blasting on Sonic and Tangle. Then they come to see that they're surrounded by badniks. Tangle asks if you're the advance for the resistance, but Sonic says, eh, I don't know. They're busy with similar attacks elsewhere. Uh, split you 50-50, to which Tangle quips, only if you can keep up, which is, uh, owned. And then, a flash of fire, a tornado, if you will, in the midst of everything appears, our girl Blaze the Cat, ayo, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go, Blaze content, things are heating up, I love to see it, as, uh, Tangle is taken aback by her, but Sonic, oh, he's excited. He uh, waves happily and runs over to her after saying hello. I assume these are Dr. Eggman's robots. <laughs> and also, I want to point out the little panel in the corner of Sonic doing a cat face emote. Thank you for that, Evan. Appreciate you. Oh, yes. It's uh, it's dope. It's dope. Sonic and Blaze rush the Badniks together, destroying them all around. Tangle is still left in awe, but she covers Blaze's back from an attack. So Tangle uses her tail to pull the Motobug's gun on itself and pulls off one of the pincers to throw it into another giant motobug, destroying it. So Sonic ducks under and boosts around it, returning to Tangle and Blaze. And Blaze thinks they're not really doing that much of damage. The ranks are refilling faster than they can keep up, which Sonic points out that the town militia is doing their part too, but Tangle sees that there's a large airdrop ship hovering over their town that's just dropping in badniks. Blaze sees that the ship is too high up to take it out, but Tangle offers a solution with her tail. Sonic and Blaze link up together, and Tangle stretches out her tail to two lampposts and uses it as a slingshot to shoot both of them up into the sky. I will say there is a very small character moment that's uh, mostly uh, non-diegetic, as Blaze looks a little concerned at the idea, right? 
But Sonic sticks his hand out and says, ready. And then, you know, she says, ready back. And the two hold hands. It's funny how this little moment is like very indicative of Blaze's character development because, you know, her whole thing was that she felt very isolated and alone because of her duty. And then Cream sort of opens her up in Rush, right? And this is like that sort of, she's still trepidatious about new people and new things, but like Sonic helps to open her up even further. Like that's, that's really cool. I love little stuff like that. It's great. It's great little character moments that really just help accentuate the whole experience. Once they're thrown up in the sky, Blaze gives herself a boost with her fire and flings Sonic into the ship. Sonic lands in giving like the most like I'm gonna fuck your shit up look I've ever seen in my life. And just <laughs> he just he just goes he's got, he's got that he's got that goblin mode look on him. <laughs> For real. So he just goes ham on the ship inside, and once it starts falling, Blaze just blasts the ship with her fire to move it away from the town. So Blaze lands near Tangle, asks if Sonic will be okay. Blaze's like, yeah, 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 he'll be fine. He then uh bounces down into the town, lands near them dazed, and was like, Yo, that was pretty fun, guys. That was pretty that ruled. <laughs> the expression is great. He's so like just completely du- like 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 out of his brain and he's got a little flickies flag around. Him. <laughs> <Very cute. laughs> Tangle asks, Is your life always this exciting? If I can help it? Yeah. Right. So introduction. Sonic introduces Blaze and Tangle together, you know, stating that, yeah, she's a princess from another dimension and guardians of the soul emeralds. They're like chaos emeralds but fiery. <laughs> Tangle is taken aback by this. She's like, uh, sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic's like, all right, Blaze, so what are you here for? What's up? And she says, well, I came here because of the will of the Soul Emeralds. They brought me here to prevent a terrible catastrophe on this world. Sonic's like, oh, really? Well, you're about seven months too late for that. <laughs> Which, I guess this line of dialogue also says that it's between the end of forces to the beginning of IDW Sonic, it's been about a month. Interesting. Interesting. Sonic adds, Eggman took over the world, locked me away, but it's all good. Me and my friends took the planet back. And Tangle just says, well, the Badniks here are starting to get organized. So what if Eggman's back? Or worse, Blaze adds that the Soul Emeralds are not exactly chatty. If they directed me here, it was for a purpose. So I will remain until that purpose is clear. So this is the excuse they give basically to allow Blaze to interact in the comic and be a part of Sonic's world again, which it's a bit of a cop-out, but you know what? I'm completely okay with it because I love Blaze content. Blaze content, A+. Love it, love it. So Blaze goes with Tangle to help her calm down the burning parts of the village. Tangle tells Sonic thanks for everything as they go. Sonic waves goodbye saying, oh man, you know, with all that going on, I think I just need a little bit of a breather. Beat passes. Okay, that'll do. And then he rushes out the town as we move to another different town we see someone peering out of a window there's a little kid crying to his mom about how his wagon broke down but that person in question who's looking out the window says oh yes yeah, soon i'll fix your little red wagon i'll be fixing everything and of course this person in question dr eggman very interesting that we are now four issues in and we are seeing our first taste of dr eggman the real question is what is to come for our fair doctor and oh boy uh, it is one of the most interesting, unique, and pointed moral dilemmas that Sonic has probably ever faced. This is this is this is like easily one of my favorite questions that this arc poses, and um, this has ramifications, big ramifications, mind you. Oh yeah. So let's get into it. 
Let, let's just let's just go into it. Sonic the Hedgehog, issue number five. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. We quickly do a brief recap of the previous comics before going into a soft roll call of Sonic and the Chaotix. Before we enter an action scene where Sonic is running a loop-to-loop -loop with Espio. These characters don't get to... You know, I've noticed this. It's been a while, but... Sonic and Espio have not interacted in fucking ages. Yeah, the, the last thing I can remember, at least the one that really standed out in my memory, was uh, the Iron Dominion saga back in Archie. Yep, that is that is exactly what I was thinking of. The two are fighting together, bad nicks on a spiral course. Sonic tells Espio, go hand him off, we gotta get into the swing of things. Which leads Espio to throw Kunai with a rope and the two swing on it. Sonic's spinning to take out all the bad nicks surrounding. So Sonic asks Espio, did you and the boys track down Eggman yet? But uh, Espio says there's more bad nicks incoming. Sonic easily destroys them, frees the animals inside. And in the calm, says, thanks for the help, Espio. Since the bad nicks have gotten more organized... Eggman must be planning something big. But Espio says, well, I don't think Eggman's behind all this. And he explains that the Chaotix started investigating from the ruins of Imperial City. Well, from there we found nothing. We went to one of Eggman's old bases. Orbot and Cubot were cooperative, but they knew nothing. Uh, minor note, uh, Charmy and Cubot are playing patty cake together. Uh, big, <laughs> you know, hey, just gotta, just gotta point it out. Eggman's computer system showed no escape plans or personal traffic. He seemed certain he'd win our last encounter, showing Vector, Charmy, and, uh, SBO all searching in different places, uh, and other bases, uh, including a, uh, show up from our boy Zero. From fucking Sonic Adventure. So here's the thing. That's actually not Zero. That is actually Ada. So, uh, yeah. Just point it out. If you have any thoughts about that, keep that to yourself for now. Yes. <laughs> um, well, nuts. You guys are the best detectives I know, Sonic says. We're the only detectives you know, says SBO. <laughs> SBO basically explains that we received an anonymous tip that led us to the village I'm taking you to now. So technically, we didn't find him. You could have just skipped ahead to, I'm taking you to Eggman. I wanted you to understand how hard we worked. <laughs> <laughs> so they arrive and are met by Charmy. He's hanging around kids more his age that says that this place has great flower mountains and uh, best honey tarts as well. So when Sonic asks about uh, the big man in question, Charmy goes to grab him. He then pulls someone out of a cottage and Sonic is very surprised to see that it's Eggman. But not in his usual attire. He's wearing green overalls, a pink shirt, and pink slippers as well. I was going to say, is this a reference to the scrapped design for, for Eggman and Sonic 1? It could be. could very well be. That's what I... Because I'm pretty sure this is a play on that. But regardless, he calls himself Mr. Tinker. Outstretches his hand to Sonic very warmly, very lovingly. Sonic gives it a quick glance and is just like... Do you really think I buy this act, Doc? Doc, I, I don't think I've earned a doctorate. But, but then again, I, I'm afraid I don't remember much of anything. Except how to fix and build stuff, says Charmy. He's the best. Well, I certainly try. So, yeah, um, this is not the direction I ever would have expected this comic to take. Yeah, this is a very interesting dynamic because we still remember Bandix are still operating, but Eggman is clearly out of the question. But still, it's very interesting to see Eggman, who we know is Eggman, to be like a warm, caring individual. It's, uh, it's quite a lot, especially when Sonic is like... You know, so you don't remember any of our fighting over the Chaos Emeralds. I'm not familiar with that cut. Lost Hex? Somebody lost a magic spell? The Ark? Has a parabola? The Death Egg? 
Are you just throwing random words together? I don't understand. Don't sweat it, Mr. Tinkerer, says uh, Vector. This is all a case of mistaken identity. Are you sure? If I can help, I'd love to. But nah, you just skip back to what you were working on. Espio says that this is what I meant when I said we sort of found Eggman. Are you sure it's not an access, Sonic? He's pulled similar stunts in the past. We've thoroughly investigated him and observed him for a couple of days. It's legit. He remembers nothing, says Vector. Enter the moral dilemma. What happens when a maniacal world-ending threat becomes nothing more than a loving, caring old man? Yeah, what do you do? And this is the question that they will be wrestling with for the next couple of issues. Because, look, it's a fair question. What they're going to be talking about is, you know, is it right for us to, you know, lock up Eggman and throw away the key when he genuinely and sincerely remembers none of it? Is that really the right thing to do? Maybe his talents and skills could be better used to, you know, better the community he's in as an act of repentance, even if he doesn't know it, right? And Sonic brings this up, you know, yeah, he can be extremely dangerous. Never mind the close calls that I've had while fighting him. He could threaten whole planets at a time, showing the fight against the Egg Viper, Eggman blowing up half the fucking moon with the Ark, the Time Eater, even the Shattered World Crisis. And yeah, we didn't sport it like that specifically. You're just crazy. No. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just crazy. But seeing him like this cuts to Eggman fixing the red wagon of that kid. And Vector saying, that's why we called you. We have no clue what to do. Sure, he's done some nasty stuff in the past, but can you really punish a guy who doesn't remember doing any of it? Espio says, on the other hand, the crimes have been committed. Justice must be served. Eggman must be punished. Sonic argues, right, but would you really say that's Eggman? And Vespio says, no. Oh my god. This is like heavy stuff. Like, this is issue five, guys. We're getting into the moral dilemma just right away. And, you know, this brings up, I'm, I'm actually going to save this discussion for later on about the morality because there is a scene coming up in a bit, either this issue or the next, uh, where we're going to have to sit with that, with that question and we're going to have a long conversation about it. But this is, this is, this is like one of my favorite things about this comic. Full stop. It's the fact that we are already slow, we are in, and we are proposing an idea and a theme that feels very unique to Sonic, and it feels tailor-made for Sonic's character. It's excellent! It's very clear that this seems like a story that Ian was sitting on for a while, and now he gets the chance to explore it, and, and I'm looking, I'm, this is very exciting. Very exciting. So... The mayor of the town comes into the group to sort of weigh in on the subject. I will defer final decision to you, the famous hero, but consider this. Eggman appeared in our town one day with no warning. We still don't know how he even arrived, which we see in the flashback there was lingering effects of the Phantom Ruby surrounding him. Immediately, we locked him up, only to find that he broke out of his own cell so he could reinforce it himself. The flashback shows Eggman did what he could with the hinges, but says they didn't need a new deadbolt. The town folks questioned him. They had one of their doctors give him a Rorschach test, but when they showed up to the Sonic shape, he didn't know what it was. And then... They eventually realized Eggman was not himself. We nursed his wounds and we welcomed him as one of us. And in return, he repaid our kindness tenfold. He fixed an old watch for someone. He built a new windmill for the town. It's little things like that. And he ends by saying, Dr. Eggman is a horrible man who's done unspeakable things. But Mr. Tinker has been a blessing for our village. Yeah, he can't undo the evil he's done, but I would rather he be free to do some good than rot in a cell and do nothing. Sonic is perturbed 
over this, saying that it was much easier when it was just, I hate that hedgehog. Vector mentioning they could stick around and keep an eye on him, and he says, it's just delaying things, it's better we figure this out before. And of course, on perfect timing, badniks come in from the south. They're coming up the mountain, and Sonic gives a look to the village elder, commanding the Chaotix to go handle them while he goes to take care of Eggman. He runs into the house where Eggman is, saying that it, the gig is up before noticing Mr. Tinker building a small barricade for the children. Will the robots find us in here? Asks one of them, and he says, you'll just hide behind the barricade. Everything will be fine, I promise. I'm sorry, I never caught your name, but if you can help, will you to help defend the village? I I'm ashamed to say I'm too afraid to fight. Sonic is, um, kind of taken aback by this. It's legit. It's not bullshit. He lost his memories. He's just a helpless guy now. Sonic sees this moment and says, yeah, stay here. You keep them safe. Me and the Chaotix will go smash these bots. So Sonic goes out, speeds through the forest, smashing up Badniks with the Chaotix. In the air, Chami sees the Badnik that's been following Sonic and smashes one with the controller behind it, furious, thinking that he was discovered. Did my forces find a settlement or have they figured me out? After clearing out the Badniks, Vector thinks of this as a puny little rescue force. But Sonic attests, no, Eggman seems scared of his own Badniks. I think this is for real. SPL says, in that case, Sonic, what are you gonna do and he goes oh i know exactly what i'm gonna do so he and the chaotix go back to the town and thank mr tinker for his help and he says i hope you find who you're looking for he sounds quite worrisome sonic says no i i think he's gone for good this time vector adds the chaotix don't leave a job half done anyway so we'll be out there looking for the doctor either way but before we go, Mr. Tinker says, well, I hope you all come back quite soon. I would love to show you Eggman Land when it's all done. And Sonic just goes and like- <laughs> Sonic, Sonic has like, this PTSD uh, moment. The fucking- He's just like, his terrifying personal theme park. Did he just slip up with his ruse or is he? Before, a voice is heard. You'll never menace the world with Eggman Land again. I'll destroy you first. Shadow and Rouge make their official appearance. With issue five ending on a shot of the two of them. Okay. Okay, um, we got to talk about okay. this now, don't we? Yeah, we do. This is this is easily one of the most interesting moral dilemmas that this series has had in a long time. I'm only bringing it up because I think it's appropriate. Final Fantasy XIV attempts this dilemma as well and does it expertly in its own way. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just, I can't, I can't commend them enough for how well they've been able to handle this as a whole, you know? The writing is, it's not like super complex, but it asks a very interesting question. The moral dilemma is so deeply ingrained about like, if he's harmless, what do we do? Yeah, what do you do? But uh, our man Shadow here is uh, has a very simple answer, honestly. <laughs> well, let's figure that out in Sonic issue number six with Flynn and Yardley once again, our creative team. Ah, uh, yes. All right. So we're, we're going to dive more into this as we uh, as we explore this, right? So we open as Sonic pleads to Shadow that this isn't what it looks like. Rouge retorting that says, we did hear him say he's rebuilding Eggman Land, and you know how stubborn Shadow can be. Oh... Let's let's just let's just roll the ball. So Sonic is like keeps stopping Shadow in his tracks, saying, "Look, look, the Eggman lag thing was a little sus, sure, but this isn't Eggman, I swear." And Mr. Tinker introduces himself, saying, "Well, look, apparently this Eggman guy just looks a lot like me, is all." And Sonic is like, "Hey, man, Shadow, look, listen, let's just look. 
He lost his memory, okay? He, we we verified all that to be true. But Shadow's like, no, no. Losing one's memory does not make them any less dangerous. But Sonic tries to hold Shadow back while trying to explain further. But the two keep speeding in front of each other. And Sonic is keeping Shadow from getting to Eggman, Mr. Tinker. Our man Sonic, he pulls off that sweet command grab. Grabs Shadow, pins him to a wall. As the two, the two lock eyes. Sonic with a devious look on his face. With Shadow with the scowl. And the two get ready to duke it out. And the two race out of the village with Mr. Tinker thinking, man, I should not have gotten out of bed today, to which I feel that, man. I feel you for real. The the best, of course, is the uh, the chaotic saying, you know, oh, we're, what are we doing? Let's go help out Sonic. As Sonic and Shadow just start speeding and fighting everywhere and saying, oh, there's no way we could keep up with them. And Charmy's saying, maybe we could cheer from the sidelines? <laughs> and Astro's like, well, I could do it, though, but like, I'm just tired from fighting the badniks. but vector in this moment tries to pin the blame on the person who brought shadow here rouge and vector's just like laying into her why'd you bring shadow here and she explains well he was already looking for eggman to make sure he was planning a counterattack. plus we all know he's not one to pull punches to people in his way like you guys besides isn't it convenient you got that anonymous tipped with enough time for you guys to verify and call Sonic. By the time I helped bring Shadow to this village, your investigation was complete and you had a roar countermeasure by your side. And the boys are just like, wait, how would you know about the tip unless, oh. 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 And then Charmy's like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we then pan away. Sonic and Shadow are racing through the forest. Sonic, of course, taunts him. You can't get past me. As Shadow boosts up and Sonic follows along and leads him into the mountain. Shadow is destroying trees for Sonic to dodge them and tries to explain, look, Eggman's been a jerk in the past, but he's done good too. Like like back when the Ark, he helped us save the world. Shadow in particular seems a little pissed that he brought that up. And it makes, yeah, look, like Eggman did start it, but it's not like he was aiming to destroy the world though. So Shadow starts to loop around back. Sonic catches up to him and asks, well, okay, what about the black arms? Eggman helped us to fight back and without him, we may have not lasted as long as we did and again that kind of strikes a chord with shadow interesting how sonic brought up the two things where shadow was the most involved in too yes interesting he's trying to play empath sonic however takes a deep deep tumble into a tree off of a root gets knocked up against a tree and then slammed into it by shadow before shadow says have you forgotten that he's made you suffer that he's tried to destroy you multiple times how can you even suggest leniency for him after all that sonic's retort is of course you tried to destroy me in the past too remember you even tried to obliterate an entire planet so what you want me to take you out with eggman after all if he can't be forgiven can you Ooh, ooh! <sighs> the spice, the spice. It's hot in here, baby. They're getting deep with this shit. And it's a fair question. We've seen Shadow redeem himself. So maybe Sonic sees that sliver of hope and goes, maybe, just maybe. Shadow takes his hands off of Sonic, asking, what is your plan for him? Let him stay in the village. He's been helping them out, so I was going to let him keep doing his thing. I want to nail down what he thinks Eggman Land is first, though. And then Shadow immediately snaps back to reality. You distracted me, lured you away. Well, yeah, because you wouldn't listen to any chaos controls away. And uh, I was like, oh man. And Sonic boosts to follow him down the mountain. And near the village, the chaos sees Shadow's moving down the mountain. So the boys are ready to hold Shadow back. But he just sees them and just chaos snaps and moves behind the chaotic and into the house where Tinker hold himself into. And Rouge is with him and he's hiding behind a barricade. Says, Shadow, dude, I know you're stubborn, but you don't have to do this. But he says, no, no, no. I discussed this with Sonic. So he moves the barricade away 
and demands Mr. Tinker show him Eggman Land. So he leads Shadow outside and the rest of the group to a different building, opening the doors to show off this Eggman Land, an indoor amusement park with rides modeled after various Badniks Eggman built before. So he explains, well, you know, the kids don't have that much to do around here, so building a play space from the elements might make them happy my my guy deadass made this adorable little like fun amusement park and stuff like that it's 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 so wholesome this isn't the this isn't the monster right you know he's a he's a nice guy and he says you know does this mean i'm not in trouble he says nah you're in the clear pal (laughs) as shadow uh mopes off um if you could not tell this is not the the shadow that we like um this is uh lame shadow but i'm gonna be real with you guys reading a little further ahead this is kind of his best interpretation in idw yeah this 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 is his best interpretation in this comic because um oh boy (laughs) when we get to it we're gonna have a lot to say As for Rouge, she tells the Kadox she won't split their finders flee. It's uh, it's your gig. Although Sonic asks Tinker, how did you come up with the name Eggman Land anyway? And says, well, I just, just came to me. They say it might be something nonsensical the kids would like, right? Sonic thinks, yeah, all right, that's, that's innocent enough. But maybe this is a sign. Maybe his memories could come back. Either way, I'll call it a day, but I will come back to check in on you every now and again. And elsewhere, Orbot and Cubot have readied the battalion as their commander is ready to join the rest of the Egg Fleet. Seemingly... Dr. Eggman. Interesting. What is going on here? There's two of them now. It's bad enough with one, but okay. This is weird. This is strange, but very interesting. Very, very interesting. All right, so let's move on to Sonic the Hedgehog issue seven. Just to just to say this before we move on. Yeah, I mean the moral quandary of who, how, how do you forgive somebody? And Sonic using Shadow as a great example of that is like, oh, that's perfect. That's honestly a yeah, perfect direction. So now with Sonic issue seven, Flynn and Thomas are the creative team. So Sonic and Tails are on the tornado coming across a giant airship in the sky, reminiscent of one of the Egg Fleet from Sonic Heroes. And um, just like with Sonic Forces, another game inspiration that the comic pulls from a lot is also Sonic Heroes, interestingly enough. I would say the first arc, uh, the first 12 issues more specifically. Oh, we'll see more bits of it here and there, definitely. But yes, Tails says that the egg bases that the Resistance have been finding haven't proven any leads, but the egg fleet is moving, so we just gotta be getting their orders from somewhere. So he gives Sonic a tablet to scan for data when he goes in, but Sonic's like, eh, I'm not really a computer guy though, but Tails is like, no, 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 I, I connected it to universal Wi-Fi. All you gotta do is get near the computer and press go. So Sonic's like, all right, sweet. He leaps from the tornado, lands dead center on the back of the ship, boosts past through Badniks into the bridge of the ship i can practically hear egg fleet playing in my head that track goes fucking insane it's so good it's it is very sick sonic gets into the bridge and he is met by dr eggman says it's only a matter of time before you showed up and spoiled my fun but my latest and greatest plan is already in motion and Sonic's like ah, 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 stop ah, 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 stop save the rant faker faker i've seen the doc he's fine and he's not here you got his act down pat though so who are you really of course You'd even ruin my faint, my loathsome copy, as he disintegrates into a puddle of liquid metal before reappearing. The GOAT! Metal Sonic. Uh-uh-uh! Neo Metal Sonic. I was- I remember reading this on a whim one night. I remember freaking the fuck out seeing Neo Metal show up. 
again after so long. It was so cool to see this because Neo Metal's design is incredible. Oh yeah, it goes so hard. And to use Neo Metal as like the face of IDW Sonic for the time being as the central antagonist, very interesting, number one, and I'm very intrigued. Yes. So Sonic remembers, oh, okay, Neo Metal, your upgraded form from when you took over the Eggman Empire. Then me and the boys kicked your butt and turned you back to normal. Yeah, good times. And Neo Metal says, well, that was back then. Eggman had since repaired me and removed the rebellionness out of my coating. Then he upgraded me back into my Neo form to be his greatest weapon in the final battle. But when it was finished, the war was over. Eggman had lost, and again, you had ruined everything. Which I guess is also a way to explain why Metal Sonic in Forces was a Phantom Ruby creation and not the actual Metal Sonic. Right, which explains why he was in the lab getting upgrades and brought back to his uh, peak performance, one might say, right? Yes, now he has the Doctor's biodata, his genius, his drive, and even took Eggman's persona so I could rule the world unbroken. And I will hand control to Eggman once he finds him. Now tell me where the Doctor is. It's like, oh, that's why I fought Phantom you and not real you. But only one problem with this evil scheme, right? I'm gonna whip you before you can conquer anything. Then Sonic immediately goes in for a homing attack, a fury of lightspeed attacks, and with Neo Metal down, asks, hey, did you like that, buddy? And he says, oh, I liked it just fine. Sonic likes form data successfully copied and returns his attacks so now the two are fighting each other in rapid speed over the bridge sonic thrown back to the control panel and since he's on the ropes think it's time to bail and breaks a window out to the deck and is on the run with neo metal chasing him and as neo slides down to the bridge all batteries fire on the landing strip take out sonic all badniks surround and hold him down all right all right can we just say this is the coolest fucking shit ever like Dude, they really came out all guns blazing after this steady buildup to like this, this just complete and total fucking battle, like on top of a warship as everything is happening all at once. And we can't describe it. Like you need to go read this in order to see how good this looks. Go check it out. Highly recommend it. Sonic is able to disable some batteries, but he ends up being surrounded by Lancers, leading for Sonic to take one out, grab a Lance, Spin it to the rest of the badniks and finally throws the lance to destroy the last battery. But that's where Neo catches up to Sonic, has him by the neck, demands, where is Eggman? Says, well, if you kill me, you'll never know. I have your bio data. I have my original plan. I will sift through the world's ashes to find him if I must. Tell me or fall. And Sonic says, I never fear the fall. Kicks him in the head and falls down into the, the clouds. Metal Song saying, fool, now I am the one true Sonic. Before reappearing on top of the tornado, Metal Sonic commanding the Helmsbots to fire on the tornado and blow them out of the sky. But all the cannons are the same. Well played, Sonic. I should expect nothing less from my double. But I have won today. I know Eggman is alive or you've learned nothing of my plans. Keep us in the air and on course with rendezvous. We'll regroup with the fleet. So, then we cut back to Resistance HQ, where Sonic explains everything to Tails, Amy, and Knuckles. So he's reporting everything. He couldn't download any data or get info out of Neo about the plans. You know, things kind of escalated pretty fast. Though Knuckles is kind of relieved we're not dealing with Eggman, and Tails retorts that instead of dealing with a mad genius, now we're dealing with a mad genius with Sonic's abilities and limitless stamina. Savor the small victories, Tails! Come on! Even though we couldn't find the current plans, maybe we can get in a clue from Eggman's old plans. Maybe Neo is trying to finish something that he started. Amy will put out a call to the rest of the Resistance. Hopefully we'll be too late. 
So then the group do a premature victory call as the camera kind of pans out and stands behind the flower seen in the end screen of Sonic Forces. A very cute touch, in my opinion. But we see Neo with the rest of the fleet about to hold position. Take all the time you want, Sonic, for I have already one scene with the ships about to dock over Angel Island. God fucking damn, what an issue. I, 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 dude, it just, it can't be overstated. This, this shit is so fucking cool. I just love that there's so much passion already on display. Not only are they digging into Sonic's past, but they're using it to forge new and interesting lore here. Like, this is like a sequel to Sonic Heroes almost. I fucking love it. It's so good. Oh, I can't wait for what's to come. Definitely. So before that, though, we are going to end off our episode with our final issue, Sonic number eight, written by Flynn and art by Evan Stanley, folks. So we open as Sonic bursts through a egg base, finishing underneath the gate as a figure watches him from afar, saying, way too slow. Come on, step it up. <laughs> some, 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 some legendary uh, brawl taunt references right there. Love wow. it. Love it. Well, he just makes it through another door closing as that someone in question shoots a hard light projectile to prop the door open long enough to slide in. And on the other side, Sonic encounters a giant spin-a-badnik discharging electricity. When Sonic's ready to fight, looming above the shadows, someone with a mask is watching him. But before he can make contact, the badniks grow cyan, and they're all crushed. And wouldn't you know it, our boy Silver making his first appearance in IDW. Ah, uh, yes, my my favorite telekinetic hedgehog. IDW is very kind to Silver, as Evan Stanley is a noted Silver enjoyer, so we will get to see a lot of the boy, as he gets to have a lot of fun in this comic. Sonic's like, hey man, I, I kind of had that one though, but thanks for holding the door back for me there. I said, what door? I came in the other way back. Well, if it wasn't you, then who was? And... They turned the corner. The person in the mask was firing some kind of wisp on. They were sight unseen by Sonic and Silver. Sonic thinks that that's a new trick, but so I was like, no, that's, that's not. Wait, I know what this is. This must be the legendary guardian angel. Sonic's like, uh, what? Huh? What, what are you talking about? You know, I spent like six months in a prison cell and all that, you know? And so I was like, okay, wait, wait, hold on. During the war. Multiple resistance groups reported seeing someone always turning the tide of the battle, but never joined the army themselves. They saved the lives of many people multiple times. And Sonic quips that, well, maybe you came back for an autograph, huh? Says, no, 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 no. Look, I'm here because I came back because stopping Eggman did not actually save my future. When he went back in time to his present, his future was conquered by the Eggman Empire, and everyone lived in fear, choking on colluded air. And we went back in time, stopped Eggman, and when I went back to my time... The Eggman Empire was gone, yes, but so was everyone else. Nothing was left. No people, no animals, no machinery. Nothing but water and sparse, metallic plant life. More on that later. Yeah, this is a very interesting point about what the future holds. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I hope you're ready for it because, oh lord, it's some shit. <laughs> you're telling me. Well, Sonic's like, oh. That's eerie. This is the silver. So when Amy put out the message to help, I came back. And so did this so-called guardian angel. But Sonic says, whoever it is, they're clearly not using standard Wispon. They were made to clear out crowds of robots on once, but this was way too precise. But they hear some sounds further ahead, and they move to find this guardian angel, so to speak, using their Wispon to try and fail to break down the door. It's changing from shooting a laser to going to buzz cut with a pink wisp and then a burst wisp to blast the door open and smashing it with a cube wisp. All from different modes of the same wisp on to no avail. 
So Silver then calls her out, says, hey, hey, you know, what, what's up? And she freaks out and jumps up into the ceiling and says, hey, man, she was never part of the resistance. So clearly this person wants to work solo. Not everyone wants to be part of the crowd, you know? And Silver's like, oh, I, I, I guess so. I, but I've been alone most of my life for so long that I guess I never considered wanting to be alone. That's very poignant little Silver character there. Yeah, it's uh, definitely something. So Sonic says, yo, sorry for coming on so strong. I'm Sonic and my overeager friend here is Silver. We appreciate your help. We'd like to help you too. As a bunch of wisps hop out of the small little canisters that this character has them in. The wisps come up and cuddle Sonic as they're excited to see him, explaining that, yeah, I saved their planet from Eggman a while back. Long story, I guess that left an impression as the guardian angel takes off their mask and reveals their name, Whisper. I love Whisper. Oh yeah, she's great. And a little like quirk that she has is that she speaks like in a whisper, essentially. You know, all of her dialogue bubbles are sort of like line outlined. It's, It's very unique. She is also very quiet, as in she only speaks unless absolutely necessary, which is a pretty cool character trait. She introduces herself as Whisper, and then Silver, in a similar hushed tone, like says, "Okay, but why?" And so, and, and Sonic <laughs> is like, "No genius." Whisper is her name. It's like, oh, okay. So Sonic then leads Silver, open up the door, to which he uses his psychokinesis to flip the door up, and the three rush inside. The room being guarded by several badniks being commanded by E-107 Theta. Again, if that reminds you of anything, keep that to yourself for now. Sonic is about to charge in. Whisper fires a fireball from her Wispawn to destroy Badniks in front of him, and Silver and Whisper charge to attack Theta directly. They're sworn by Spin of Badniks as Sonic asks Silver for a trick to finish them all off at once so he can handle the big boy. So what they do, Sonic spins up to Silver, he catches him with his ESP, and then Silver is spinning him around his body to take out all the Badniks swarming them. Very unique move and very, very cool. Yes, it's, uh, I love I love that this comic is big on combo attacks already. It's very cool. Whisper fires a laser shot from her Wispawn, but Theta's barely scratched by it. So he shoots a cannon toward her, knocking her down. So she's on the floor, her Wisps sworn to protect her, but Silver catches some badniks and uses them to shield her from a coming missile fire. To end it all, Sonic catches one of the missiles Theta fired and throws it back to him and does a rapid homing attack team to break him down, freeing the little animal, powering him. So, Silver checks on Whisper, saying, look, I understand that you want to work alone, but hey, clearly you and me made a good team, and I would be happy to be part of it. And, you know, she grabs his hand to help herself up and, you know, considers the suggestion. So now in the calm, they find the main base's terminal. Whisper has the cube mode on her Wispawn ready, but Sonic says, hey, 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 wait, don't destroy it yet. We need intel from it. You can destroy it later, okay? So she backs down. And Sonic only sees her as just like, man, I wonder what Eggman did to her to make her like this. Metal Gear Solid 4 Old Snake theme playing in the background. (laughs) Very funny. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yes, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So Silver logs in and sees there clearly was a massive update across the Eggnet. Seems like Neo isn't even hiding what he's doing. Then they find all the data. Silver goes, oh crap, we need to call Amy right the fuck now. By, by the way, by the way, this comic actually uses the word, oh crap, which is not something I was ever expecting in a Sonic comic. Yeah, IDW is more willing to engage in the more mature language, if you catch my drift. Like, yes, mature correct. enough for a middle schooler, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> in the Resistance HQ, Knuckles, our man Knuckles, falls to his knees in Walmart, gets a sharp pain in his head and says, wait, it's the Master Emerald, something's wrong here. 
Amy sits him down. Hey, man, I'm sure it's fine. You know, it's hidden on Angel Island. It's been there all this time. But that's when they get the call from Silver and Sonic. They found Neo's plans. We need to call in everyone we can. To which we then see Neo Metal Sonic. Fashioned a throne for himself. The Master Emerald underneath. The Master Emerald. The controller. With the ability to neutralize the Chaos Emeralds. So come to me, Sonic. As yourself as Super Sonic. Either way, you are powerless to stop me. As we see the Egg Fleet surrounding Angel Island. Along with Angel Island fashioned itself as a warship. And that's it. That is our comic set for today. What a incredibly strong start for IDW. Oh I, yeah. I could not imagine a better outcome for this comic. You know, I, I'm just so happy that we're here and the consistency and the, the joy that this comic gets to show to everyone is just, it's something short of fantastic. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, the first four issues, maybe five or six were a little slow. I'll admit that. But Ian also said, that post-reboot Archie after it got cancelled, Ian said he felt he learned a lesson from laying all these seeds that never came to fruition. So that's why he deliberately went in a slower start and just focusing more on the characters for the first handful of issues. And once the positive feedback came and Ian saw that there's some real longevity here, that's where he got the, the courage to start laying some seeds. As we saw with Silver in the last issue, saying that there was only metallic plant life left in this future it's a very interesting seed uh that will definitely be expanded on later and uh ha 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 smile the smile smile so yes, yeah yes idw sonic great start great great selection and look when we did archie we talked about how since we weren't able to buy it we had to you know find our way around in the digital space to grab them but with idw you can buy it officially off idw's website in various different forms so i will highly encourage you the listener to pick these up as well you know comics are pretty cheap four dollars a month basically i highly recommend that you buy the single issues even the graphic novels idw is very good i will give them this they are very good at making sure new readers can catch up they have consistent graphic novels out they have a hardcover like oversized issue the third volume is set to be released in march so highly highly recommend Pick those up. Give IDW Sonic a read. I promise you will not be disappointed. You will not. I would also, you know, this is crazy that we could say, you know, support the official release. If you can't support the official release, that's okay too. But if you can, please, please, please do. These comics need your support and your love and your energy because they are passion projects first and foremost. Yes. If you legit don't have the money to support the official release... A great way to do it, go to your local library. If you live in America, you'd be surprised. Libraries tend to have a very robust graphic novel section. Go check them out from your local library. It is supporting the series and it's supporting a great center of your community. Yes, absolutely. We love libraries here on the IDW Sonic Rundown. But that's it. That's our show. Um, Great first episode. I'm so happy with it. And we will see you guys next time. Oh, wait. We have some shout outs to do. Oh! Yeah, that's right. We have... Folks, before we go home, I want to shout out our newest patrons, Daniel and Izzy, both at $2 a month. And some extra shout outs. I want to give a special thanks to our current patrons who have chosen to upgrade their pledges. We have T-Ranger going from $2 to $5 a month and Devin going from $2 to $15 a month. Thank you, oh boys. God. Thanks to our new folks. Thanks to our ongoing. Welcome to the IDW Sonic Rundown. Stick with us. You will not be disappointed. Thank you for watching. We will see you next time for 
Sonic Heroes 2. Bye-bye! He's got his song's name's I'll tell you that if that